You should not do that. That's what bad SEOs have done for years. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, anyone who want to learn more about AI. Welcome, because today we are going to discuss more about AI. How you can edit your content with AI, how you can create your content AI, and many things that we AI can help you to go ahead. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jeff Coyle. How are you? Hi, how's it going? I love that intro. That's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all of our interviews, all in one little package. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This is this is something I've been now talking about every day for a long time, uh, it seems. And, you know, just for the last three months, people are starting to get sharper and sharper and understand that this is not a fad. Uh, and then you have a lot of people saying this is a fad, which I'm like, cool. Go over there then. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. By the way, I want to confess with you, I didn't create this intro. I have my team. <laughs> they are responsible for all intros, uh, promos. So I usually tell them I have a new awesome guest. Uh, and you spoke two times on my podcast. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, I'm blessed to learn a lot more about AI. And today I spent so much time with AI. So I usually tell them create uh, concise, but awesome intro stand out from the rest so yeah when we have this intro so it's only my team it's not me Five them. good job <laughs> yeah but i know if you want to become great you need to cooperate with great people so i usually search for great people who can help decide such problems when i don't touch them i just want to tell sure. them you don't want me making powerpoints that's for sure that's yeah <laughs> jeff uh before we start. Tell more about yourself, about Market Muse, about your business background, because I know a lot about you. Uh, you're active on social media. You spoke on my event, on my podcast. I love this experience. But for new listeners who might see you first time, any anything about you and background? <laughs> sure thing. Uh, so I'm Jeff Coyle. I'm the co-founder of Market Muse. Um, and Market Muse is a content intelligence and content strategy platform focuses on building insights about what you should be creating, why you should be creating it, how much content you need to create, um, and then takes all of that information all the way down to execution, editing, optimization, and enhancement of your content. Um, my background, I've been in this space, content strategy, search, lead generation for about 25 years, as wild as that sounds. I uh, went to uh, College of Computer Science, uh, Georgia Tech. Um, now back living in Georgia around uh, near Atlanta. And um, gosh, yes, I've built software, built search engines, built ad servers. Uh, and, you know, I've been a, a major part of bringing Market Muse where it is today and then hopefully where it will be in three months, six months, two years. Although two years in today's world is, is too hard to think about because uh, yeah. we're moving at a faster pace than anyone could possibly imagine. I was speaking with my uh, head of product today and uh he had said yeah we did this test plan um when that that uh that data set was a couple weeks ago and it was literally two and a half weeks and I said the test plan's already out of date <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and it's like yeah i mean think about that just think about that you know a traditional uh iterative models aren't relevant anymore you know you've got a lot of ultra fast moving 
um, processes and, you know, everybody's doing this for the first time. I was in an event, I was at an event in Cleveland, Ohio. We were speaking to a, a, a friend of mine, Tim, Tim Hayden. And he said, you know, the, the wild thing about the AI revolution is that everybody in the entire world is doing this or doing something for the first time it's ever been done. And that yeah. was like, wow, think about that. No one's ever implemented this type of technology at IBM and they've never implemented it at your one, you've never implemented it at your one to two person yeah. agency. Um, so it's just a whole different world. Nice. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think it's a big mistake if you ignore AI today. That was simple yesterday, hard today, impossible tomorrow. <laughs> and I want to ask about the common question. You might uh, get this question many times. I still see this question uh, that AI is replacing human being. And uh, let me share my opinion because uh, I think it is. Uh, I, I, I disagree when someone can tell AI is not replacing human being, uh, but uh, AI is replacing someone who uh, has time to complain about AI. Uh, <laughs> and uh, personally, in my company, I stopped cooperating uh, to cooperate with uh, editors and translators because AI can provide a much better job. And when I see some marketing experts can tell, uh, or complain that big companies can fire people because of AI. I, I do it as well because AI can provide a much better job. Uh, if I can edit content much faster with AI and get great results, and we got mentions on CNN, on Business Insider, because we edit content on AI, uh, we got traffic from Japanese websites. I don't speak Japanese. I don't know how to translate these languages, but we cooperated with experts who can translate and we, we didn't know how to check them. <laughs> Today, AI can translate and we got traffic from, uh, uh, yeah, we, we have this Japanese traffic. So can you tell your thoughts what to do today and uh, what, how people can adapt to AI? Because according to some data, uh, most people still ignore AI. A lot of people, including oh, yeah. my two brothers, <laughs> they work in accounting and they have great salaries everything looks great but i'm not sure about the future <laughs> any tips about that well i mean so the the question though becomes not so much as can it replace people it's can it replace people who are doing tasks that are commodities mm -hmm. right and yes it can certainly if your entire job is to not produce anything that exhibits your expertise, or if it's not producing, um, if you're not skilled at a particular task, then you have the, th that task may not exist as something that a human does manually, right? It doesn't mean that it's replacing people. It's replacing somebody who really knows how to use artificial intelligence is going to replace you, mm -hmm. right? It's not necessary, not necessarily that a job or a person is being replaced. And, and, and that's really, I think, where there's a, um, you'll hear a lot of people, they're just trying not to scare people as well. And they're saying, you know, oh, nobody's going to lose jobs. But the, the, that's not the right even question to ask. It's to say, what skills are needed on your team? What should you be using AI for? And what shouldn't you be using AI for, right? And so I would argue, for example, that um, 
not all writers are editors, right? And not all editors are writers. Um, and that's really part of managing editorial excellence. So you're giving up something. You are in the process you describe. You're giving up by only looking at drafted content that you're editing and improving. You are giving up the potential for a writer to produce a striking narrative or something insightful. Maybe they have expertise or you're relying on yourself to bring that expertise. If you're writing content at the end of the day and it's mediocre, that's the thing being replaced. There is no more market for mediocre content. Over time, it will become the market of zero, right? There will, the bar for the quality requirement for content that thrives is going to be very, very high. And it's going to get higher and higher and higher. Certain types of content are commodity, right? Now, how can I make a commodity into something that's valuable? That's the creative element. That's the art. And that's what you give up if you're not thinking critically about that. Um, on the translation, translocation side, if you don't have an expert reviewing that to determine if it meets expectations. I mean, that's an industry. Translation and translocation is an industry that's been around for you know dozens of years as far as web content goes. They know great companies, and I work with a number of them, great companies um, know the pitfalls of using machine translation without a human in the loop. Can you get away with it and get mediocre content? Sure, but it requires another layer of review to make sure that it's providing the value and not producing a problem. Um, you know, you have to know what your stakes are. The stakes are, if your stakes aren't that high, right, with the content you're producing, but it's still providing value, okay. Maybe you're okay with it going through a mediocre review. But if it's a very high stakes translation and, you know, let's say you write something, you know, the, the Japanese culture is a great example. Um, business literature written in Japan, in Japanese, should, has a lot of huge, huge things that can go wrong, right? Yeah. Um, if you've ever worked with uh, Japanese businesses, um, the experience you have is completely alien from that that you'd have in the United States. So if you were to be a major publisher or a B2B technology company and you translate something and it is tone deaf to the culture of Japan, huge stakes. So it's all about knowing what your stakes are. It's knowing how many mistakes can be made and it's still being, you're still being okay with that. Um, but the, the, the jobs that are being replaced are the ones that added no value in the first place. And they're being done manual where something that's automated can actually be a better work product than what was being done manually. And so you see, you know, uh, low quality content at scale that doesn't exist anymore. All those agencies are just dying. They're trying to pivot into something beautiful. What that is then becomes the question. And that, this goes for everything, right? If you are a person who um, implements if then business logic, for your brothers, you can tell them this, yeah. right? If they're implementing if-then business logic, if they're implementing business rules logic, if they're doing manual evaluation of mathematics, right? It already that's already passe, right? If you're manually evaluating lead quality, it's already that's a solved solution with AI. So not just about LLMs, it's about all the different branches of AI. 
you have to know all of all the time you spend on anything manual is bad time right now unless it's creative and unless it's unique value okay because that's the thing those are the still the things that people can't take away is what yeah. you can bring uniquely about this or what you can research and you can journalistically evaluate or that you can use your resources to develop, you know, and that's where the, that's where the difference makers are. Um, but I would say, I, 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 the only thing I would, I would, I would say is I would be wary to state that writers are always going to be competent and high quality editors. Right. And I would say that most editors, unfortunately are not great writers. Um, but they are, uh, the, they know the difference between a developmental edit and a copy edit, right? Yeah. Um, and frankly, most SEOs don't know the difference between a developmental edit and a copy <laughs> edit. So when you get an SEO who mm -hmm. thinks they're an editor and a writer, you know what you're getting at the end? Bad content, right? Because they're not learning the skills that connect to editorial excellence. Nice. And that's yeah. where you have a, even if you are a writer and you're losing and you think you're losing your job, but you're a great writer, right? Your your job is to find those people because you're going to make them successful. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Valuable. And by the way, I think if you are a great writer, you can beat in one side uh, someone who is a terrible writer uh, by using AI because uh, AI, it's not golden button when you right the prompt to get results it takes time to edit to analyze uh, and uh, that is why uh, you still need have skills how to write great content and yeah. for example i can't create great content in accounting in uh, weight loss niche because i don't know these topics <laughs> uh, i tried and uh, i understood it's generic you still need to know how it works that's why prompt experts will focus on specific niches what do you think about how to adapt to this <laughs> new occupation prompt expert <laughs> well no I, I think you're you're telling the story and it's it's about your unique expertise your as the human in the loop you have to be able to bring value so with the first i'd say generation of prompt engineers we're going from like knowing nothing to something right it wasn't really much a tremendous amount of value there are there were already built solid frameworks for this um and uh you know having i mean i've been doing this for 10 plus years <laughs> in generation right it, yeah. it's not a uh, um uh, a, a tremendous it's not brand new right there were template engineers there were um rules-based solutions there were um you know basic prompting questions based um, which were, you know, this, this is how things have evolved. Um, but now you're getting people realizing that if they can bring something unique to the puzzle, right, and direct these things, it can add more and more value because in the end, what you don't want to do, right, and this the whole trick here is everybody rushed to the end, right, because they don't value the editorial process. The process is there for a reason, right? People, these... 300 person editorial teams, they don't just follow this process because they think it's cool, right? It's there for a reason. And so what happened was a lot of people saw AI as a way from going from idea to draft. Skip all those steps because they didn't respect that process. And they just, they have, 
what happened was what you just said. They realized, oh, crap, editing drafts is hard. Well, editing drafts is hard whether they're created by a human or a large language model, okay? It, that, that's the reality. So imagine what happens if you're an editor-in-chief and you get a draft from who cares where it's from, whether it's from, you know, John Smith in, you know, I say Kumawat Lalit, who just posted on our, our LinkedIn. Hi, how are you? Whether it's from Kumawat or it's from AI-generated uh, language model, all right? Why does he care? What that person does is they read it, they evaluate it, they're an editor, they do a developmental edit, right? Mm -hmm. There's a trick there. The reason why I'm saying that. Then they go through copy, right? They check for style, voice, tone. You know, they might have other processes that they built. Copy, edit. Did this achieve what the brief said? It was there a brief in the first place? All of those things, right? Um, and then they give that feedback. Uh-oh. What if that's not a human? Yeah. Who are they giving the feedback to? Well, are they going to fire the large language model, right? Um, they give that to the person. Well, what if that person, what if it's a person and they submitted that same terrible draft five or six times and the editor had to like completely mark it up? They're not going to have a job anymore, Yeah. right? And so now what are you getting, right? Okay, wait a second. Are there ways of speeding this up so that my draft at the end has a higher likelihood of making it through that editorial's keen eye? Because they're the expert. So the key is don't skip the steps, right? And so that that draft, when it's reviewed by the expert, is easier to review. It's easier to make beautiful, where if they can inject their own value through the process. So now you get the sharps, right? The sharp people are, okay, well, can I keep the experts in the loop through this process? So now you have, like you said, uh, experts in a niche, building smarter prompts that are yeah. tuned for that niche. Whoa. Okay. Is that enough? Is that already going to be building new stuff? What other novel approaches, what other uh, things are coming? And I know I'm working on a lot of them and uh, it's, it's, that's one of the things that's very key. Um, but there's, there's, there's tasks that people can't possibly do. Then there's tasks that they can do manually. And I, I just am trying to coin this phrase, but you have procedural improvements and then you have the magic yeah All right? nice uh, and so people can get the procedural ones they don't get the magic it's not natural for you to think that magic is existing and i'll give you the example the first time i ever used machine learning to do lead predictive lead scoring all right i had previously done it with if then statements if this person's from this country they get this score, add up the scores. And then when they come to the site, I'm trying to figure out who they are, doing a bunch of if-then statements, and then it's like good or bad, right? Well, built um, machine learning AI model that processes every lead that's ever come through the CRM, how frequently they come in, turn into customers, who stays, who churns, renews, right? And so all that data, all of those lookalike audiences now is used when a new person comes to my website, they're immediately classified into high likelihood of being a premium customer, high likelihood of being a self-service customer, not likely to be a customer, right? Okay. Once that started predicting better than I could with my if-then statements, yeah. that's magic. 
Yeah. Right? Once it, okay, so we're not yet there with this, but we are going to get there and you can get there. So here's a great example. Uh, I got to be, I got to be careful because I'm building products in this space, right? Mm-hmm. So example, I am researching something to write. Okay. I think I know what I want, but I'm not really sure. Well, if I receive a uh, output of a large language model that tells me something I didn't already know. All right. That's magic. Mm-hmm. I would have never, ever, ever done that task. I would have never written that sentence. So that's where everyone needs to take stock is to say, is this making me better than I could have ever been? That's the key. Because if it's making me better than I ever could have been, if it's making my website better than it would have been, then I'm using AI appropriately. If it's building lots of content that's low, lower quality than I could have produced, just a lot of it, I'm on a road, I'm on a road to ruin. Right. So I think a really great litmus test is, is my editorial excellence going like this with my use of AI or is it flat or worse going down? Right. (laughs) That's I mean, it's an obvious litmus test. Right. But it is critical. And what this also produces is a world where it is no longer okay for mediocre content to exist. Okay. So you got a website. You got a million pages. Uh Uh-oh. How much editorial debt do we have? 600,000 of our pages suck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We got lots of work to do, right? Um, But, you know, most people aren't going to be in that million page zone, but you can't have content on your site that's low quality. There's no reason for it. And that's where I think people need to get religion on AI because one day, soon, search engines are going to come across your site and they're going to go like, yo, this sucks. I mean, and the average site that we're looking at on this topic is so much better, right? And you've got this awful, and that's, you know, we're already starting to see that. The helpful content update was your first tip um, on that, Um, but it's going to, it's going to be more and more. You're going to have to be authentic with your content. So if you're using AI, you got to figure out ways to make it authentic, authenticatable. You got to make sure that it exhibits ex- expertise and experience. Um, and these are not trite comments. These are real stories. The best editorial teams are trying to figure out how to keep humans in the loop and keep their expertise in that loop, whether it's a prompt loop, whether it's a the data use, no matter what, you're always bringing something new and special. Because if you're not, you're starting down that slope. So I would say if, if you're if you're thinking about doing anything that isn't adding value, think again. Yeah, love it. Awesome. Valuable. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, uh, if it's not unique, it's not valuable. <laughs> you can't right. create value without bringing something new and uh, you mentioned many times unique uh, i even lost the track how many times you (laughs) uh, mentioned unique uniqueness and most content creators complain that ai can't 
create something new and unique. Uh, can you tell how to do it? Okay, we have AI, it's a must-have today, but how to create unique content uh, that it's a must-have as well? AI, AI can absolutely create unique content. Um, it, it's just the, the it's, that's a uh, misuse or uh, conflation of concepts is what is what people are saying. Oh, it's generative content is predictive. So it is derivative by its nature, but it can still be unique, right? And, you know, there's people that would argue that. However, the definition of unique would mean it doesn't exist anywhere in this formation. There is no narrative. And I, I use a great example for this. Um, I, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to say who it is. Okay. But they took a podcast that I did, took the translation and you know what LLMs are really great at summarizing. They summarized it and they put a post on social media that was just a bulleted summary of that post of the webinar. And I said, cool. I love summarization. I said, but the key there is you didn't bring value. Okay. If they had, when they summarized that, if they had had a point of view, let's just say they loved what we said, right? We're talking about this. I love the idea that a human needs to stay in the loop and jobs are actually going to get lost. And okay, bring that into it. So summarize it while also making sure that point of view comes across. All right. Add that either add it manually or add it system systematically or, you know, do some other research, bring that in and move it. Yeah, that's what a good writer does. Right. And to illustrate the point, what I also would do is try to inject a different point of view. Maybe the, the don't, maybe you don't, maybe you think AI is stupid. Well, try to be build out an output that summarizes our transcript as if you hated it and you think that I'm a nut, right? And you're totally valid to think so, right? Um, and, and, and you think, and, and that, so when, if you can show that you can do though, both of those things, right? You can start to think critically about what is out there, what's possible. You don't, you're not just rigid. A lot of people think that they need to be building boring, low quality content that is formatted like a, um, you know, a bad book report, you know, let Google do that with SGE. Yeah. Um, the bad book report. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was my double knock for the day. Um, and that's what those are. Those are bad book reports. Those are aggregations. And those are not providing unique value by their de definition, right? You should not do that. That's what bad SEOs have done for years. Um, that's, you know, that's the, the book report, the top six foods you should give your dog to lose weight. They never ate any of that dog food. They, you're reading that article. Oh, this luscious, delicious food. You didn't eat it. Come on. You know, your dog didn't eat it. What, you know what happens if you give your dog six dog foods in one day? It's a really bad idea, um, you know, and, and, and so that's what people have been building. So if you think that's what AI is going to bring you, you're wrong. AI is going to make you the various stages of it. It's going to make you more likely to pick the right content to create, because if you have a website about kit cats and dogs and you go post a review, brand new iPhone, right? This is not the brand new iPhone. I can't mm -hmm. afford that. I can't afford that. Come on. Um, and, uh, then guess what? No chance. I don't care if it's the best article ever written. 
you don't know what you're doing if you wrote that article, right? Yeah. Now you, you look at your you look at your your idols, right? You look at Forbes, you look at you know, um, depending on who you are, you look at Outlook India, um, you look at uh, um, you know, CNET, and the you see them writing about stuff, whatever they want, it seems, and it sort it does well. There's a reason for that. And if you don't know the reason for that, that's where you should start. Learn that so that you can make good decisions. I work with teams who have increased their hit rate with content from like 10% success to 40 and 50%. All right. You know what happens when you increase your batting average, your hit rate from 10% to 40%? Your entire company starts to trust you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. And then now, what if you can double the amount that you can publish? Right. Okay. So let's just use the simple math. I could publish a hundred articles a year before, right? And only 10 of them worked. Okay. 10 articles a year are working. Cool. Good job. Now I can do 40 a year. Okay. 40 a year. Cool. Now I can produce 200 a year. Okay. Now I have 80 articles working. Nice. Last year I did 10. Okay. You're talking about eight X improvement. That's not uncommon, right? And all you did was double the articles you could build. That's not content at scale. That's smart content. I agree. Think yeah, I love that. it. Valuable, valuable. Uh, you remind me an article I read yesterday about the mother. And uh, she has a kid. Uh, and she spent three years uh, to treat the kid. 17 doctors, 17, uh, a lot of, and the, the main problem with the kid because all doctors uh, saw different stories. Mm -hmm. And what she did, uh, she uh, used all this data from 17 mm -hmm. doctors to sign uh, up on ChatGPT and ask how to treat the kid. And ChatGPT found the solution. ChatGPT analyzed all data and found what, the problem this kid has, you know, because all doctors pay uh, attention to specific direction, but our body, it's, uh, I mean, like, uh, you can have one problem, but it can give problems to different types of, uh, I don't know, everywhere. So, yeah, and uh, <laughs> the mother asked ChatGPT uh, to ask all uh, to set up all data and she got an answer how to treat the kid yeah it's a famous story i wow. read yesterday yeah well, imagine <laughs> imagine when that imagine when that artificial intelligence model is trained on uh medical data mm -hmm. okay chat gpt isn't imagine when so palm 2 ha is going to have a healthcare variant specifically tuned using expertise driven medical content, all right? Um, there are computer vision applications already that have taken thousands and thousands and thousands of evaluations of radiology outputs um, where they can look at an X-ray and give a reasonable uh, assessment of the X-ray based on all the, 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 the doctor's inputs. Right? Yeah. So it's not just about like it's not just about the LLM. It's going to be about these really specific instruction sets. But I like the example because it's to say, okay, well, if I've got a hundred different opinions, 
can we distill those opinions and find the correlations? Because that's basically what it's if you're if you're analyzing data, you find correlations or find insights from some other set of data. Um, and yeah, I, I have I didn't even know that example. I need to check it out. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, examples yeah. where you have, um, you know, like you mentioned, it's to say, what's the right answer now? Right. Do you already know what the answer is? Right. Or what value can you bring to this? And that's the key is to say, am I uniquely intuitive? If you're an editor and you naturally produce content that hits 20%, oh my gosh, you're a yeah. superhero. Nice. So you're you're the you're the robot cyborg. You're you're the the so it's 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 uh, non-intuitive, right? Because the person who is the best artist and who is the best prognosticator, who is the best predictor, if you enable that person with this technology, they become superhuman. And for you, so what's something you're passionate about other than SEO? I think uh, I like basketball. Okay. Yeah, because I think everyone needs to have a few hobbies, you know, to reload the mind. And I like to learn more about longevity uh, from Wim Hof, many other great specialists. Uh, for example, that's why I usually take cold bath every single day, you know, I mm -hmm. have in my garage. Uh, and yeah, uh, and if I read a lot more about that, it can help me to control my diet, <laughs> my, my meal uh, habits, because if I don't read often, I can forget and eat junk food, <laughs> something like this. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so exactly right. So you're passionate about something. So if you're writing an article about, um, you know, yeah, Eastern European architecture from the 1400s mm -hmm. to the 1500s, or you're writing content about basketball, you have more intuition about basketball. Fair. Okay. If I'm right, so I'm, I'm into beer. I own a beer brewery. I don't know if you knew that. Um, mm -hmm. So if I'm writing about beer, I am like pumped. I know what I want to write. I know what my point of view is. If you're writing about longevity, if you're writing about the value of taking baths and, you know, cold baths, right? You have a point of view. You have experience. You have expertise. So now if you bring in that into this workflow, magic happens more often than if you're writing about, you know, Eastern European philosophy, which I am imagining maybe isn't something that you love, uh, or maybe you do, but let's just, we'll pick something. We're trying to pick something boring, right? How about uh, horticulture, right? You, yeah. I, you don't know any, I don't know anything about horticulture, right? Um, so be thinking about that is, is, it's not just about a medical review to say this is accurate. It's was this, did this truly inspire amazing content? Right. And a lot of times what that does is it, it makes it like, you may not, you may love basketball, but you may not think that you can bring anything unique to the world about basketball. Right. But you do have a point of view no matter what. And is that point of view coming through in your content? Oftentimes that can be enough. To, to make for something that's interesting to read um, and that will have longevity to speak to this. Because what I care about with content sites is longevity. And a lot of people in this industry don't, right? They don't, they want that quick win. They want the caffeine high and they don't care about the low. They want energy drinks and, uh, you know, cocaine, man. They, they want to be yeah. through the list and they don't care about the crash because they're not selling that brand they're selling the win 
if you're selling the brand, you want longevity, just like you want with your body. And I want with my body. Yeah. Um, whether I drink too much beer or not, I still want longevity. And yeah. so that's why I, that's why I hit the soccer field. And that's why I still run way too much. Um, you know, it is because I think that that's going to overcome any other, uh, you know, like you said, eating the junk food. Um, and so that, but that's the key. You can't get away with junk food content on your website anymore. And if you do, you have to overcome it with lots of healthy snacks, right? So you got to be really interested in the yin and yang. Your, your, your website more now than ever is like, treat, you got to treat it like that healthy body, right? It really, really is. And that's where, gosh, if you've got a ugly corner of the world, or if you've got, you know, some bad SEO that somebody did, um, maybe you don't just chop it off, but you got to get that on the right path because it can be very, very damaging. So, uh, you know, I, I love the examples, but again, gosh, if you're not, if you're writing about things you're not passionate about, oh, yeah. you're in trouble, you're in trouble. You've got to have someone in the loop that will get you there. Um, or else you got to, you got to figure out what's your special angle. What are you bringing to the world that's new and unique? You know, I've seen people try to cheat this, you know, mm -hmm. I've seen people try to cheat it even, re even recently. And uh, they always get caught. May not be today, might not be tomorrow, but they always get caught. And the, they get caught in ways they couldn't imagine. Something is going to come across that's inauthentic, or they're not going to realize that the stakes were actually high. That's the key. Stakes high, meaning they wrote something they really, really shouldn't have, and it negatively impacted their brand, right? Um, and I've seen this happen now a bunch on, you know, uh, recommending a book that doesn't exist, um, reviewing products that haven't existed for 10 years. Um, I saw, a, yeah, I saw a very popular review site where the, the key is once you do that once, your reputation is ruined. Yeah. And that's, you know, one mistake. The stakes are so high. Because if you tell me that I'm a, I should go drink a beer that hasn't been made since 2008, I'm going to tell you, what am I, am I getting that from the museum? Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, that is the standard. And it's been the standard for a while is, uh, you know, we went from uh, content farms, right, to generated generated farms. And the difference in content farms is they weren't faking anybody out. That, that stuff was low quality, right? The generated content farm trend has the potential, even if it's one in 10 or one in 20 of those pages having major gaffes, right? In authenticity, um, it's devastating. And that's where you're going to start to see it's, you know, the tolerance for fake yeah. no longer exists. It's going to be gone. If your site has fake content on it, if you said you did something that you didn't, you're, you're, you know, put a watch on it. I'll give you yeah. six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's not the time to cheat the system because I was there. I remember in 2008, I didn't know other methods, how, only how to cheat the system because before, uh, at that time, I hired a team of writers who wrote mm -hmm. about anything, about weight loss, about finance. Google ranked well, <laughs> but right. Google changed the policy, the, the game many times, and today it's not the time to cheat. It's not, mm -hmm. it's the time to think how to uh, create 
better content than your competitors have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can you create at scale? Do it. If you can't, then less but quality is key. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but less but quality, but also think about all those steps. Like, mm -hmm. let's say, let's say you give your writer back forty-five minutes per page, right? And tell them, make this the most amazing page ever. Use the forty-five minutes to be creative. You know, guess what? They're going to like their job first of all, and they're going to produce things you can't possibly imagine. That's what I'm seeing. That's where I'm seeing the sharp money go mm -hmm. right now. The good players right now are giving their writers time to be creative and they're making sure that their internal links are right. They're doing elegant things with, with visuals and imagery. Um, man, th those are the sites that are thriving right now. It's, it's, they're not necessarily saying, okay, we got 45 minutes, go write two more articles, right? Uh, they're giving them some time back to be creative and think critically about what, what article should we create next? That's the right thing for the reader. These arts that were lost. And guess what those arts are? Those are editorial arts, right? The ones that people have forgotten. Um, but no, I, I learned that I learned that a lot earlier than you did. You know, mm -hmm. I got sites whacked in 2002 and 2003. And I said, I started stepping on, I was on the soapbox trying to create high quality content mm -hmm. in the, in the late, oh, in the late aughts. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because I saw the puck going there. I, I knew it was coming. It's just when I remember where I was the day that Panda hit, I was in New Zealand with my friend sitting at a cafe in uh, Queenstown, New Zealand. And uh, uh, 2000 and gosh, 11, I think that was. Yeah, it was February 11 and uh, February 2011. And we're sitting there and he goes, man, Jeff, you've been saying, talking about this for three years. You even you even predicted how they'd do it. We were, <laughs> I think it was about noon. He, he had a website uh, uh -huh. that crater too, one of his big ones. And, um, uh, and another story that I can get into, but, uh, uh, you know, I had a couple sites that got knocked, knocked too, but it was like, man, he's like, we've been talking about this for a long time and here's how they did it. And, you know, it was one of those moments where it was saying like, now we've had that happen five or six times. And now trust me, this is coming. The big, the big bang, this is the big bang. Um, and it's coming. And um, the people who are going to be hit worse are going to be people um, relying on early stage awareness content and they don't have full funnel coverage. It's going to be e-commerce sites who tried to cheat. It's going to be e-commerce reviews that didn't actually review the product. It's going to be uh, people giving health advice that have no business giving health advice. It's, these are the people who they are just going to be stood up and knocked down. And what's left, it's going to be people gawking at these big sites going, hey, they weren't impacted. It's because they're really big. It's going to take a while for those trees to get chopped down. But mm -hmm. it's going to be. You don't emulate Amazon for your SEO. Why would you emulate a big publisher, right? Um, by the way, if you think you can emulate M Amazon for your SEO, uh, I, we can have a whole other podcast about that one. Yeah. Um, but, but, no, but the thing, the key here is mastering editorial excellence requires you to understand what editorial excellence is yeah, and to have something novel to bring. Can you program this? So this is a question you're asking. This is what people want to know. Give me something that I can chew on. Okay. Yeah, you can. You can <laughs> automate this. Yes. So it's not lost hope, yeah. um, but you've got to come up with it. You've got to come up with this interesting thing that no one else has done. I can't answer this for you right? 
But what I can tell you is if your output can be wrong, you better make sure it's right. Okay, that's the key. And so I'll give you a, a bad example. I can create infinite cocktail recipes, right? Mm -hmm. Guess what? What happens if half of them taste like crap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can create infinite pizza dough recipes. Guess mm -hmm. what? Pizza dough is super hard to make. What if half of them don't work? Right? Yeah. Um, right? So these are that's a bad example of gone wrong, right? Uh, but now go into other fields. I can make recommendations. Recommendations are types of claims. They are claim. I claim I have expertise. I claim that I have had the experience with this product or that I am getting information from someone who has, and I'm making a recommendation for you to do this, right? If I say, go read this book, Marketing mm -hmm. Artificial Intelligence by Paul Reitzer, where I mentioned at least five times in it. Um, if I didn't actually read that book, okay? There's a problem, right? That's yeah. Okay. If I didn't read that book, how am I getting that a point across that you should read it? I know Paul. Okay. I know my, I know Mike. Uh, I skimmed it, right? What if mm -hmm. I don't say that and I actually didn't read it, but I say that I read it? Okay, yeah. Saying that I read it is a problem, right? But I can still, if, if I can figure out a way to give it some credibility, that's okay, right? In fact, I did read that, but I'm just saying, right? So now I vetted this recipe, okay? So now you have to think, what is your niche? What is your niche? What can you automate that is bringing value, that has scale, right? Um, what parts of it can you automate and what parts of it can't? Okay, now here's the trick. Go back to what makes a good editorial process and try to figure out where you can bring your own steps. I'm not going to give you the total answer, but you got to get to that point where you're saying, okay, hmm, when I build an outline, will it be a generic outline? Or should all of my outlines be the same? Yeah. Heck no. But that's what SEOs have been doing for a while. They created this generic pillar outline and it's ultimate guide to monkeys. What's a monkey? Yeah. Why do I like monkeys? What's the coolest thing? Show me some pictures of monkeys. Uh, what types of monkeys are they? What are the benefits of owning a monkey? What are the disadvantages? Summary, affiliate link, stock photos, right? Yeah. <laughs> we did this to ourselves. Get yeah. out of that jam. Figure out what makes you special and your website relevant, right? Why should we, I listen to you? Once you solve those puzzles, you start to win. That's the best advice I can give you right there is figure that out, right? And if something can't be generated, give yourself a helping hand, generate some stuff, but don't rely on it, right? Nice. Greatest example is beer. Greatest example is beer. I, I use a lot of beer examples, right? If you're reviewing beer that you didn't drink, you're missing the effing point. The yeah. whole point is you drank the stuff, right? Right. So if you're okay, you're okay. So you're reviewing beer you don't drink, okay? Oh my gosh, what are you doing anyway? 
you've lost you've lost the entire vision. You 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 you're ruining all the fun. All right. So be thinking about me when you're writing. Say, say, gosh, am I reviewing beer that I'm not drinking? Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's my uh, that's one of my new uh, uh, catchphrases here is, is don't review beer you don't drink. Um, and that kind of that'll tell the story of how to master AI excellence. Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree with all these points. And yeah, 10 years ago, uh, content creators could create content without uh, having experience. Mm-hmm. Because competition was low, you know, it's not like Google was stupid. Yeah, Google was stupid uh, this time, but today Google smart and competition is everywhere. You know, you have a lot of competitors. You can't cheat the system because uh, competitors who have experience, content creators who have experience, they can mm-hmm. beat you in one side because it's real. It's not fake. It's not like, and I remember when I got an article from one of our content creators who wrote an article, uh, the best Forex experts. And uh, I read the article. I, I, I asked, you didn't use all these uh, brokers? He, he replied, no, I didn't use. But how you can write this article without having experience to use them? So, yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're a, you're a uh, I, I call it content laundering. Mm-hmm. Like money laundering, you're content laundering, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, it comes out, and, and it's, I really, really, one thing I really struggle with is rephrasers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk about mistakes. People that use rephrasers, you know, I can catch them. I can catch them by hand, but I can also catch them with technology, like 100. Mm-hmm. I don't have software in that space, but I've built software on my own um, in the space. I know, I know exactly what software you use when I look at your content, and I love mm-hmm. it when people use software with rephrasers, man, when it's a competitor, oh, it's like, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but, you know, using a rephraser, it's, it's, it's stupid. There's no value. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, 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 you're doing it. It's almost like a, a card trick, right? Um, you know, it, it, a bad one, because it, that's obvious of how you did it, right? And there's no value. You're not bringing any value. Be thinking about ways you can take something that's derivative and add value to it. Um, don't be thinking about ways that you can, you know, you know, stealing in another name, borrowing is still stealing, right? Uh, if you don't give it back. Um, and, you know, so, so that's be thinking about those things because you don't want the, you don't want the stink coming off on something like that. Right. And I, you know, you catch a rephraser, you catch a, um, a, a summarizer, you know, um, these are things that are going to come back uh, to haunt you if you don't do it right, or you mess something up, you know, it's just, it's not going to look good. Um, I'll give you examples, right? You know, you look at a a, um, a rephraser. Well, it may rephrase the wrong keys, right? So it rephrases entities or terms of phrase, turns of phrase. Well, what if it makes a turn of phrase into something that's odd that no one would ever say, right? There's some jokes that's about, you know, crucial. If you use GPT 3.5, crucial and you know, it always, yeah, there's a crucial element, right? Things that don't, people don't normally say constantly, right? Or if they do, you probably don't want to hang out with them. Um, and uh, in the meantime, you know, right? Not a lot of people write some of these terms. And when you're rephrasing, it can take a word and turn it into something no one would ever say, right? So, you know, the first time it turns the word dog into canine, Right. Okay, cool. Then it turns it into, you know, furry friend. 
and then it turns it into, you know, man's best friend. It, it, it just sounds weird, right? Uh, dollars or pounds. I've seen this one. Um, I've seen pound get rephrased into, uh, because it wasn't using a UK tuned model, pound gets into weight for dollars. I've seen money get rephrased into um, ducats. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a silly phrase that I haven't heard said, but like in an eighties movie, um, you know, and imagine you're producing content and it's like, like once you're, when you're reading that, you're like, wait a second, this is a weird, right? Yeah. It's just, it's going to have impacts. So, so just be thinking about that just because it's a different word doesn't mean it's going to add value. Like you're not getting away with anything. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I think you're starting to see people still doing that. Um, and, and it's struggle. So if you write an 8,000 word article, that you keep expanding through prompt chaining and then you rephrase it five or six yeah. times, what's coming out of the bottom is not a good thing. And, 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 you know, what you're seeing is, and I see it all the time is, um, websites that, um, you know, they're use certain tools that tell them to write, you know, 10,000 word articles and, um, rephrase the content and it's going to work. It's not, it's not going to work. You're, you're, you're predictably hurting your website or your clients websites and um you know you might get a few big wins or you might get something like that but you know they're not going to have longevity it's not not as good as taking the gold bath every day (laughs) yeah nice awesome great i agree i agree jeff it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you i love this experience (laughs) tell us the best way how keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you uh, on the X Twitter, I am uh, uh, Jeffrey underscore Coil. Um, please follow me, uh, DM me. I answer most questions. Um, I love it. Jeff at marketmuse.com, LinkedIn. Um, as long as you're not telling me that I'm this wonderful link and you want to sell me links on LinkedIn, I will yeah. accept your request. These guys, <laughs> look who you're asking if I want to buy links. Come on, yeah. um, do some research. Uh, so, uh, um, and uh, yeah, so uh, LinkedIn for sure. Um, and I have a webinar series myself, uh, over a hundred mm-hmm. recordings. Go check those out. Give me some feedback on that. Um, I love it. Um, if you type in Jeff Coyle webinar, I'm sure you can find a couple hundred hours of me yucking it up with great folks like you. Um, nice. And awesome. if you're going to content marketing world in Washington, DC, mention the podcast, come find me. If you are, um, I would love to talk to you. I'll be there. Um, and that's in a couple of weeks. So very excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, you can find all the links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. I recommend to anyone to follow Jeff. I personally follow because I need to get this valuable bombs every single day. So I recommend to anyone to keep learning and go ahead. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.